This is the Home Health Revealed podcast. Hear stories from real industry leaders discussing topics affecting the ever-changing home health industry. Hey, welcome to Home Health Revealed. My name is Mike Greenlee. I am your host, and I have here my co-host, Hannah Vale. Hi, everybody. So Hannah's going to kick us off, tell us a little bit uh, about our, what our podcast, I don't even know what our podcast is about. You don't? Well, I kind of do. Yeah, but, you do. Yeah, share with So you. Home Health Revealed is here so that we can bring real industry stories from real leaders so that home health agencies can get, I mean, we can support one another, we can give you education and just have real talk. That's what it's all about. So today we have some really exciting guests and this is a problem in home health that has become a money problem. Well, it's about $40 billion. We're talking about wounds. $40 billion. That's with yep. a B. No, yep. Total B, capital B. Total B. Wounds. So we're really excited to have our guests on the show because they are industry experts, and that's what we want to bring to you. So we have Catherine Pate and Alicia Jenkins here from Corstrata. And I, want, I just want to give you a little bit of information about them because they, they are experts in this field. So Alicia is the clinical director for provider services there. And she has experience in, as a wound consultant and a leader in home health hospice and other post-acute settings over 20 years. But she has a deep perspective on the opportunities for post-acute providers with wound and ostomy patients, and specifically with virtual wound management. And then Catherine Pate, she is CEO and co-founder of Corstrata, a specialized telehealth services company offering virtual access to certified wound and ostomy specialists. And we'll, we'll link all that stuff so you can have information on Corstrata. Um, but she um, has so much experience with patient outcomes, lowering costs, and it says 20 plus years. We don't know if we believe you, but 20 plus years of post-acute healthcare executive. She has served in marketing and operational roles. She brings extensive experience in telehealth and process improvement. Yeah, what's really cool about Catherine is I've known her for a while now. And, um, you know, she's been doing this for, uh, I mean, really, I think 20 plus years in post-acute, right? And uh, she founded her own company or co-founded the company, which in 2018, uh, that's when you guys expanded into the healthcare market and founded the company in 2015. And what really drew my interest into your company is, is you're, you're somewhat like us, you're tech enabled. So you understand the importance of technology. So uh, help, us, uh, help us understand a little bit about what drew you to start your own company. And then just tell us a little bit about wounds in general and, and the problems that you're seeing and why it's so important that agencies start really looking at their wound care program that they have in-house. Perfect, Michael. I'd be glad. So um, my co-founder and I both came out of the home health and hospice space where we were very early um, working in an in, a, in an organization that was a very early adopter of remote patient monitoring. And that was even when you had to plug it into the point of telephone line. So we're talking many years ago. And embraced the remote patient telemonitoring um, to the level that we were able to um, really provide a return on investment to the agency by being able to target when to go see those patients based on um, daily monitoring of their vital signs. We wanted to take those learnings of where technology could be applied to a service and really provide access to care in the home. 
And as um, members of the leadership team in home health and hospice, my co-founder and I knew that wounds were a large problem within the home health and post-acute sector. Wounds are not a medical specialty, but they are respected in post-acute as high utilizers of both clinician time and of uh, resources in terms of the wound supplies. So we knew they were a problem. There are very few wound and ostomy nurses in the country. In fact, there's only 15,000 of them nationwide, and 90% of those practice in the acute space. So there's true lack of access to an expert to really help drive um, and improve those treatment plans and the financial and clinical outcomes associated with wound patients. So now, Alicia, you um, you are a certified wound care nurse, and uh, you, you've worked That's- for Cox for 25 years. That is correct. Yes, I became wound certified back in 98 um, and have practiced in wound care um, since then. And it has been an exciting journey and certainly lots of change from doing um, paper charting to the electronic charting in telehealth wound care. Now, with 25 years of experience, help us understand how big of a problem is wound care? It is huge for multiple reasons because there is a lack of knowledge regarding wounds and how to address them and take care of them. And they are seen across all floors of a hospital, across all, you know, all diagnoses. So it's not only patients with congestive heart failure that develop wounds or respiratory issues that develop wounds. You see wounds associated with almost every diagnosis. they can also have a wound, but it doesn't mean that they're secondary and it's that it's not a, a big issue that should be treated, you know, as a, as a primary need for that patient. Frequently you see patients come out of the hospital and they went in and maybe they were in the unit for months, but what they come out with is a wound that, is, you know, lingers with them and is truly a source of, um, you know, it, it, it's a challenge for them because it's painful, it's odorous, it takes time to heal. So, um, it is a, a huge issue, and it's a large part of the patient population in the post-acute area. So, you know, I think the average is 30% of the patient population in home health has a wound, and we've seen agencies where that's even 40 and 50% of their patient population has a wound. So, you know, really having that knowledge level there to care for that large patient um, need is, is important. So from a home health perspective, if, if a wound's not treated properly, what's that really mean? Well, it means several things. First of all, it's not in the patient's best interest because they're, you know, the goal is to get them back and independent and living freely. So, you know, they're still suffering if they still have a wound if it's not being treated properly. If, um, you know, you are able to treat a wound properly, it's, promotes them, you know, and gets them on that path to healing. And um, it also affects the home health agency by cost. So you're, you'll see agencies where their skilled nurse visit utilization is high. And um, if there's not confidence in what that wound is and you don't have a good treatment plan in place, frequently you'll see those skilled nurse visits being um, utilized at a higher rate 
than if you do have a good plan in place um, and treatment regimen and a knowledge base around what appropriate treatment is for different etiology of wounds. Um, it also affects that supply cost because you will see um, sometimes there's just that fallback to, well, we'll we, we know enough products that are advanced wound care, but we're not comfortable with necessarily utilizing them as they're recommended. So you'll still see a daily frequency. It may be the caregivers who are doing it, but that drives that high supply utilization and resource, which still, again, is not in the patient's best interest if it's not being utilized appropriately. And certainly it is not in the agency's best interest um, because they're, you know, at a high cost. It's not producing the outcomes that they would hope to as far as wound healing um, as well. So Michael, I might add that mm-hmm. 30% of the time we see wounds in home health and hospice misidentified in terms of etiology. So if you haven't identified the, the appropriate etiology of that wound, you're not going to be driving the evidence-based treatment plan. Additionally, we find that 50% of the pressure injuries are not staged appropriately. Again, this has downstream effects for both the proper treatment as well as for quality measures. So as a home health agency, what would you say are the key components to having a successful wound care program? Great question. And I think, you know, we kind of talk about six core um, areas or core components. And one of those would be making sure that your agency has a comprehensive wound or skin integrity policies and, and treatment. So, these need to be um, established and reviewed on an annual basis because many things change in terms of evidence-based practice, etc. You then also need to make sure that your wound treatments are evidence-based, that you're using the latest recommendations, um, let's say, for pressure injuries. Lots of work has come out in the past few years where those best practices were changed, and you need to keep up on um, those changes in best practice to ensure they've been incorporated into your care plan. You also want to have a standardized wound formulary. And this is kind of speaking to what Elisa just uh, mentioned, which are the high cost associated with products. Um, if your product is all over the, you know, you have multiple products um, in, in the same classes, then you're probably mismanaging that usage. It is, we, we understand too that you must have advanced wound care products in your formulary. That will allow for the evidence-based care treatment to be provided. So you want to make sure that formulary is tight. You make sure that you know the, the unit cost and that you're managing those costs with that formulary. Um, and it's key to having access to board certified wound specialists. And, um, and, and those are for the reasons that I just kind of explained, which would be that, you know, for etiology identification, for pressure injury staging, and then also for evidence-based care treatment plans. And then ongoing education and, and evaluation of staff competencies are key as well. And you want to make sure that your clinicians understand negative pressure and how to, uh, using a negative pressure therapy device and how to apply compression appropriately. And then actually, you know, establishing those key performance indicators in order to drive um, 
both your clinical and financial outcomes associated with with wounds because they are um, uh, high uh, utilizers of your resources. So you want to make sure that you're monitoring those, the youth and monitoring the ROI of your wound care program. Now you guys, you guys meet with a lot of agencies and you talk with a lot of agencies and you have a lot of customers. Where, where would you say are the top two gaps in a wound care program agency-wide? Well, I think the first, as I would think the first critical juncture is getting that initial start of care correct. So it's very important that that etiology be identified for that wound so then it can be then coded appropriately and the proper reimbursement be obtained for that particular wound. Um, it's also very, it's very important that you get that initial care plan set and you get the, the initial um, wound products delivered to the patient and that you get the treatment plan um really set up so that patient can uh, succeed and you can uh, successfully heal that wound. So to me, the, that initial assessment is the critical is the critical piece. And part of that is that you've got to have that formulary site and you've got to have that access to, to experts, whether they're in-house, in-house wound um, board certified wound nurses or whether those are outsourced. So you've talked a little bit about identification of wound type, but why is the identification of the wound type and staging so critical for documentation? That's a great question. Yeah, you know, first of all, like Kathy has touched on, it is so important, you know, that we are assisting that bedside clinician in that, you know, accurate identification of the wound etiology. Um, both for the treatment plan, first and foremost, getting that individualized patient plan of care um, accurate and off to a good start. And then it certainly affects proper reimbursement and those publicly reported outcomes. So as you know, you know, if the nurse has documented, let's say, a diabetic wound, um, but that severity hasn't been specified, then that reimbursement is going to be affected because that severity has to be identified. And it will also affect those um, publicly reported outcomes, um, if it's not been identified and it looks like it's went in decline, you know, based on the subsequent assessment, um, it's just important to, to document that severity to show those um, improved, you know, to track that improvement for outcomes. And then we'll also see, like she stated, pressure injuries um, misstaged. So you can see stage twos documented when it's actually stage three. And that not only affects treatment, but it will certainly affect those reported outcomes. Um, and we also see frequently the deep tissue injuries um, documented as stage ones. And the expected outcome of those is different, of course, where your stage ones typically uh, resolve fairly quickly as long as pressure is removed. Those deep tissue injuries typically evolve into a stage three or stage four. So very important that those are identified correctly at the start of care. Now I'm assuming that that all ties to when it comes time to review and code the OASIS, right? There, there, there's money at stake that this isn't done correctly. Would that be right? That is correct. Yes. So that the staging, the identification of the correct etiology versus saying other, 
Um, obviously, an agency can't show improved outcomes if that isn't all being documented and correctly coded at that time of start of care on that OASA. So I'm not clinical. So if this is a stupid question, maybe we just edit it out. She's no way close to being clinical, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what are the difference in the stages? When you're talking about stages one through four, what does that mean? Yes, that has to do with the level of severity of that wound. Um, so, you know, that, that is developed by the NTIAP as far as the staging of a wound, which is um, the National Pressure Injury Advisory Panel. And it is how a nurse or a clinician identifies the level of injury of that, the, of, that that pressure has caused that patient in a localized area. Typically, so like a stage one is just your red non-blanchable erythema. It can be harder to diagnose or assess in somebody with darker pigmented skin. Um, so you have to look for other things then. Is that area more painful? Does it feel more firm or soft or warm or cool compared to the adjacent tissue? So, you know, we're looking for that for stage one. Stage two then, you actually have a shallow open ulcer. It may just be a moist red or pink wound bed, or it can actually be an intact, clear, fluid-filled blister. But um, it is a partial thickness loss of derma. And frequently we'll see someone call that a stage two, or, or that'll be a stage two, but whenever you get into stage three, you're actually into full thickness tissue loss, where you can be down to sub-Q fat, but you won't ever have muscle, tendon, or bone showing. Um, but there may be some fluff in it. There may be some undermining your tunnel. And that's the one where we frequently see somebody call a stage two. Um, but if there's any fluff or any granulation tissue in that wound bed, it is not a stage two. You would be at least to stage three. And then a stage four certainly is your full thickness tissue loss where you um, may have visible or palpable bone tendon or muscle. Certainly yeah. fluff and uscar undermining and tunneling are very common in those. That's exactly how I would answer that question if Hannah would ask me, but um, that that was well done. So, uh, you know, with all that in mind, how can agencies reduce face-to-face nursing visits? That's a great question. You know, really by starting with the appropriate wound care and treatment recommendations right from the start of care will decrease that healing time. We'll see if, you know, it takes a week or two for someone to get good orders or get that recommendation in. You're delaying that, you know, appropriate care. So getting that appropriate wound care and treatment um, recommendations right from the start of care will help decrease the healing time, therefore decreasing your um, nurse visits. And it will also decrease that length of service, of course, because if we can get them healing, um, the quicker we get that started and we're supporting that, then you're going to decrease the amount of time towards healing. So thereby decreasing your length of service or, um, and total visits. Also just ensuring that that needed visit frequency is established at start of care with advanced wound care management, allowing for frequently a greater time period between those visits. Um, you know, used to physicians always order daily wet to dries or BID wet to dries. And with the use of advanced wound care products, those are intended to be left in place and support the healing of the body. So that is going to help decrease um, those skilled nurse visits. And then, of course, access to your board-certified wound specialist at start of care and at appropriate points in time along along that episode. 
to help ensure that ongoing appropriate, appropriate treatment is being utilized to continue adjusting that care, both for wounds in decline or when a wound is healing. Because if you had a wound, let's say, that had large amount of drainage initially and now it's small, and that dressing that we were using before was for absorbency and now it's kind of sticking and drying, we need to make different recommendations for healing. So that way that wound doesn't sell out. And then again, of course, if the wound is identified as um, in deterioration, then that needs to be promptly identified and then intervention started. So that is certainly affects your skill nurses at frequencies um, by just that timeliness of adjusting care um, throughout the episode. And then, of course, routine wound care education for staff. Educated nurses educate patients and caregivers, and we want them to become as independent and part of that wound healing journey um, so patients need to be educated and understand their role in that wound healing process. Um, so that when non-compliance doesn't become a factor, um, as we'll frequently say, well, that patient's not being compliant with the treatment regimen, and oftentimes they just need education and to understand how important their role is in their wound healing process. I can imagine that time is just such a huge factor. And then also education, like you mentioned, um, now, when it comes to education, what new trends are you seeing in care delivery? And then as part of that, how does partnering with a wound care expert really benefit a home health agency? That's a great question. Um, we are starting to see many new trends um, that are really um, up. A byproduct of COVID. So first, we saw that trend in the push towards telehealth. I think you have now seen home health agencies start to adopt telehealth in a bigger way mm-hmm. as their patients became um, perhaps even a little resistant to face-to-face visits in the early days of COVID. But COVID has also brought um, to bear are some tailwinds like um, the new programs that are evolving. And we call those at-home delivery models. You know, there is hospital at home, there's NIP at home, there's advanced illness at home. CMS and then many of the payers are starting now to push programs where they're pushing people out of the hospital earlier or out of the skilled nursing facility earlier in order to support those patients at home. These patients are coming home from those care settings being very vulnerable for either having wounds or being vulnerable for acquiring pressure injuries. And um, as a result, uh, wound, wound care is going to be a needed aspect of these. And home health has the opportunity to capture some, to be that at-home care resource for some of these programs, given the fact that they've been doing care at home for many years. So having access to wound experts and to knowing your wound industry or the importance of wounds playing out in these new models are key to uh, to developing relationships with those people that um, are actually starting to develop those and aligning yourself as a home health company with those resources. Now, Catherine, tell me a little bit about this um, in closing here, because we're almost finished up here. But, man, there's such good information and uh, very valuable for agencies to to really look at their wound care program, policies, procedures, training, all that stuff is just, just you know, massively important, right? 
But but tell me a little bit. You guys have spent some time building this new app. So so tell us a little bit about this new app. What it does. Why'd you build it? And and what what what's it going to do for the market? Yes, yeah, so, you know, really, what sets for Strata apart is not the technology. It is not just the technology. It is the fact that we've tied the. Um, the, we, the technology is the enabler for access to those board-certified wound care nurses, right? So the app allows for pay, uh, for the um, the clinician at the bedside to take a photo of that wound. It auto-measures that wound length and width, calculates the uh, calculates the area, and then analyzes the wound tissue that and the bedside clinician then performs a wound assessment you know with uh amount of exudate what does the exudate like um enters the depth enters other wound assessment um descriptors and it's then at that juncture our wound care nurse is alerted um that she has a consult. That wound care nurse looks at that consult, looks at the wound imaging, and then makes a recommendation um, um, as to the etiology of that wound, if it's a pressure injury, as to the stage of that wound. Then an evidence-based care treatment, along with a formulary suggestion, a wound product suggestion, as well as a frequency for visits, and any associated um prevention, pressure injury prevention um, recommendations as well. Alicia, this is more of your clinical area, so I would love for you to weigh in, too, on what I left out in that descriptor. That was excellent. Yes, they complete all of that, you know, all of that information that's utilized, like is there pain in the wound? Um, so that way, you know, we know if we need to adjust, you know, the wound care based on pain, especially for more of your hospice-type patients or palliative wounds. Um, but then the drainage and the type and is there odor, um, you know, all those assessment parameters that a nurse is looking at and evaluating when she's looking at that wound. And then they can enter a note to describe further because, of course, all of the, us have been in homes where, you know, a patient may refuse to do one thing, but they are open to something else. So any of that additional information, we just collaborate with them as needed um, in order to come back to them and give them everything they need to go to that physician and request any clarification of etiology, um, go ahead and adjust the staging if appropriate, um, you know, and then everything that's needed for that patient because it's not just about the, the wound treatment and um, that care, but it's everything else that also needs to be addressed as far as nutrition and patient education and do they have the equipment. If they do have a stage four pressure injury, are they on the right mattress? How long are they sitting up in that wheelchair? You know, those items. So, you know, just giving them everything they need to support that patient in, in their wound healing journey. Wow, I can see how that's very, very valuable. Um, if somebody who's listening wants to get additional information about Corstrata or about this particular app, where can they find that? They can... Kathy, are you, do you want to speak to that? Yes, and I was, but I was going to mute. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
Hey, my wife, oh, my please. wife mutes me all the time. I totally get it. <laughs> so, yes, you most certainly can reach out on the web on our website, which is Corstrada, um, com, as well as you can talk, contact us through our 800 number. Well, good deal. I'm going to have you're going to have to get us that number, aren't you? It's, I am, and I don't know it right off the top of my head. Well, if it was a movie, it'd be 555-1212. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what they all, they all got, this the 555. Yeah. But I have it now, so it's 800-566-1307. Okay, and I'll be sure to list that and link that in the show notes, too, so that people can have it. Um, but gosh, guys, thank you so much for all of the information, even for somebody like me, who's not clinical. I feel like I learned a ton about wound care. Um, and I know that home health agencies are, are just looking for experts to, to feed them this information. And you guys are such a wealth of knowledge and we appreciate it so much. Well, and thank you for answering that trick question too, on the phone number. I know. I know. We threw that one at you. That, that was not on the notes. So. Even I know my own phone number. When people ask me, I just draw a blank because I never call my own number. Hannah, Hannah always, <laughs> Hannah always seems to ask people for their numbers. I don't get it. I don't. I, she's Whatever. happily she's happily married, but she still does it. Whatever. So it, it's a, it, we're working on her. Well, hey, thank you guys well, so it much. Was certainly a pleasure to talk with you all today, and um, uh, you know. We respect health rev partners and what they're doing out there. So it was a it was um, an honor to be asked to be featured in the podcast, and we appreciate um, the opportunity. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, this is Home Health Revealed. I'm Hannah Vale, and my uh, co-host Michael Greenley signing off. We'll see you later. All right. Take care. We'll see you next week when we have uh, some agency owners are going to talk about hey, wh- what's the life now. Uh, daily here in, in the home health space, how, how they recruiting, how they retraining, training and, and what's it like and, and what are some of the experiences. So you don't want to miss next episode. Uh, that'll come out next month. So until then, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>